Yo. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. This is episode 31 of the Divine Council Podcast. Uh, peace and greeting from the sun, the rising sun. And this is your boy, Monquay. And this is Stefan. We're back at it with another episode. So let's just get let's get right into it. So how's everything been going for you since the last episode, Stefan? <clears throat> uh, since the last episode, um, for me, it's, it's, well, last week it was just a busy week at work, but outside of that, it was regular, you know, in my, I'm in my routine of uh, hitting the gym consistently, and tonight is my uh, night off, but last week when, uh, yeah, after we ended, I know we had saw each other in person and, you know, we, we hung out and went out and that was cool. After that, I had came back and I was just uh, just chilling, binge watching uh, shows, went and saw a movie. I'm just in my bag, just chilling. Now, I got this new... Um, Today I got this new MIDI keyboard or MIDI controller, so now I, I'll be able to like uh, like with my music when I'm trying to find like the the key scale of like an instrumental that I choose to record over, I'll be able to easier like um, find the key if I if the, if the producer doesn't say because I can just play around with these keys on this uh this controller, and I'm about to start getting into um producing too it's like i'm just over here messing with it right now i don't know if you can hear it yeah yeah, yeah i'm just yeah. yeah i was just in here just playing around like it's it's natural though it's just, it, it kind of feels like I've, I've done this before so yeah i'm about to start getting into producing and yeah man that's 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 what my uh i guess my week has been like since last time recording just more so chill how about yourself yeah that, that's that's what's up for me um <clears throat> i'll first say whenever you first set the uh initial recording i heard I, I thought you were messing with something to get the um <laughs> the audio set right so i heard you messing with i heard you messing with it in the background initially but i didn't know what it was so that's that's what's up that's what's up that's interesting um but for me i really uh i'm, I'm you know just been taking care of the family or whatever. I came back to my apartment last night to uh, stay just to check on my apartment, check my mailbox and all that. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back and uh, take my mom to another doctor's appointment and, you know, then go from there. And um, still, you know, focus on getting ready to get go back to work and everything. Uh, besides that, you know, I've been just trying to, you know, Keep my hands washed because I don't know what it is. What's up with this coronavirus? But it's really been on my mind. I'm sure it's been on everybody else's mind too. But just been trying to chill, man. Just trying to, at this point, stay in the house. I've really been uh, not really trying to go out that much. <laughs> trying to just focus on focus on you know the, uh, the short term future and what's to come. <coughs> That's really how it's been for me. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, the coronavirus, 
it's, it's spreading across different states now in the, in the U.S. So I'm looking at this article from uh, Politico.com uh, that was posted today. It was saying, coronavirus hits Car- uh, California-based cruise ship prompting quarantine off the Pacific coast. So, yeah, you know, and we just had our first uh, person in North Carolina that had it. Um, But I I believe they were sent to Washington State, if I'm not mistaken. But it was, yeah, one person in the state has confirmed to have it in New York. There's been people, several people that have had it. And I've seen somebody just pass with it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Off of New York Post, five more New York com- uh, coronavirus cases confirmed, bringing state to 11 total. So um, the latest uh, is a 39-year-old Manhattan healthcare worker who'd recently traveled to hard-hit Iran uh, became the state's first confirmed case when she tested positive on Sunday. So not the latest, but the first confirmed. But um, yeah, speaking of, you know, washing your hands, I've seen somebody online was saying, you know, it's important to distinguish between sanitizer and uh, soap. You know, sanitizer is used to fight off bacteria, but it's not used to fight off viruses. Um, so soap and water is your best bet you know, in defense of this, I know people are going around and, you know, getting masks and stuff and, you know, trying to get survival kits and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that, you know, this is a, a air pathogen. So a mask can only do so much to prevent that, you know, from uh, affecting you. So, you know, I would say the best bet is to just, you know, constantly throughout the day, wash your hands with soap, and um, just I, you know, try to try to maintain, I guess, isolation from people like that. You know, not unless you have to be around people, because you know that's the fastest way to. I feel like it's fastest way to uh, transport germs and whatnot is between people. You know, but at this, the same time, it's like. I'm looking at the reports of, you know, how many people have worldwide this has affected. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's global now. But still, I, but still, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into it like that. I, I still don't think it's as big as a risk as people are making it out to be. I think it's just a panic. You know, it's just, it's. I believe that coronavirus was man-made and it's just another form of population control. Yet it's not working the way they want it to. Hence the reports of them coming out of Africa being shocked that it's not affecting Africa as, you know, there's, there was an article from a French news source that was saying they were kind of surprised that it hasn't really impacted Africa. So that just lets me know right there that okay this shit i mean this shit was planted for sure it's planted i mean and i don't think it's no big i'm looking at it right now i don't really see it as much of a i don't see it being a bigger threat than what the flu is honestly i think that's what concerns me 
<coughs> the, the symptoms resemble the flu. And like, it's like, yeah, I feel like this coronavirus in itself, it could be one of two things. It could be not real. You know what I mean? It could just be a, a case of like, you know, comp- already immunocompromised individuals uh, caught up in the season of a, a bad year of the flu. And, you know, they're using this as another uh, manipulation, a scare tactic. So basically I'm saying is like, it, it could be just a case of this year being one of the, one of the, whatever flu that they chemtrailed us with or how, you know, however the flu works or whatever, this year could just be a real bad uh, virus, you know, and people that are dying from are already very sick individuals or, you know, may have immunocompromised uh, systems and they're dying from it. And, you know, they're labeling it as a, as a death uh, via the coronavirus. For them to be able to uh, to quarantine us and have a whole bunch of um, control over us is what I'm looking at it because I mean the the symptoms it, it don't they don't really resemble anything too um, sp- specific I would say you know so yeah and it's, and and you know I think I think a lot of people that that were even getting it in Asia and other countries I think a lot of times they were going in there with with bad cold and flu-like symptoms and then they were getting that shit while they were in the hospital you know so that's another thing people got to be with um and with the hand washing thing like even without this without this coronavirus situation it's important to understand uh, understand the uh importance of hand washing anyway um because even with hand sanitizer you know they have antibacterial and antimicrobial sanitizers um, and you know some sanitizers, they still say to use sanitizers even when you if if you can't wash your hands. So definitely still sanitize your hands. Definitely do that. Um, but you should always realize if you have uh, access to uh, be able to wash your hands with soap, that that's supreme. Washing your hands with soap and, and, and warm water is, is supreme to anything. And um. I think it's important with this coronavirus situation that uh, we get back to. I mean, as a nurse, I already do this, uh, but, you know, I think it's important at this time that we really get back to understanding how important that is. And I think another thing is like washing our food and making sure that we don't really touch all over our face and shit too. Um, is I'm trying to really break, break that, like really be conscious of that. Of like, you know, touching my face, making sure I'm, my hands are clean at all times before I touch my face making sure my food is clean and stuff like that. And a big thing too is sharing, like sharing stuff. Like, you know, at this point it's like, it's not even worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. not even worth the risk. It's not even worth the risk. Uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, about that French article too. It's like they expected, expected this, to, uh, you know, have a big effect on, you know, the continent of Africa and, you know, uh, certain certain uh, regions, I guess, and even even with the us not really understanding what it what it could be. Let's look at the conspiracy of it being a um a biological weapon. Man, that's some powerful shit. <laughs> if this is a biological weapon and it ain't really affecting that continent like that, and it was, you know, I think I think it was intentionally. Um, intentionally released either via through negligence or just intentionally d- done. Um, you know that's that's powerful. That's that's showing a lot of a lot of uh, that's that's showing a that's showing something. Yeah, and it's like like you said, it's like they 
it's like they intended for it to have some type of effect. But, you know, it, it's not really working. And, um, you know, I said the last episode, I, I think that, you know, they really wanted this to get done so we can get, stop thinking about the Hong Kong um, riots and, and a lot of what's going on in, in Asia. But this is, I mean, this, this is just not going to be something that I think is going to be, um, that's going to tread lightly in, in, in the whole, I guess, the world of the world picture. Like, it's just not going to, this is something that, I, it's, it's, it's devastating them. You know, it's just, it's, it's something that can't, that really is bad timing. This <laughs> is bad timing. Yeah. Last thing I want to add, too, last thing I want to add uh, is, you know, it's getting really, really real when you see, you know, I've seen in Italy where they're going to be, they're going to play some, uh, I think, a, uh, some of the basketball league over there. They're going to play the game with, with no fans. Like, it's really getting to that point. They're going to play the game with no fans. And, man, I think, you know, at the very least, if we, if, if, if this ends soon, it doesn't matter. It's going to be, we're going to be talking about this looking back. Could you imagine that? <laughs> it's not funny, but, you know, it's just, just thinking about it. That's, that's serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um... They are. The article that I was uh, referring to from the French website is uh, on France24.com with the title, With Only Three Official Cases, Africa's Low Coronavirus Rate Puzzles Health Experts. Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, like you said, they're, they're playing with no fans. I'm seeing the entertainment industry is taking a hit in general. Like I just seen the new James Bond movie that was going to release in April has been pushed back to November because of uh, the coronavirus scares. I've seen conventions being postponed, concerts, festivals, um, just a, a variety of events. Uh, people, you know, planning to go to Europe and stuff. It's like it's because of this scare. It's um, it's taking everything away, and also, which is I find interesting. That since the uh, coronavirus, since the coronavirus hit in China, that China's air pollution has dramatically dropped. Mm. I find that extremely interesting. On NPR.org uh, article, why China's air has been cleaner during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, according to NASA, air pollution levels have dropped by roughly a quarter over the last month as coal-fired power plants and industrial facilities have ramped down so employees in high-risk areas can stay home. Levels of nitrogen dioxide, a pollutant primarily from burning fossil fuels, were down as much as 30%. I find that extremely um, interesting that now all of a sudden their pollution is going going down like once they get hit by this virus that's just destroying shit yeah. I mean that's showing you the level of impact that, that this virus has had I mean that's showing you the level of impact that you know it's literally I, I mean you know I, I said it like this virus could decimate 
this virus can literally decimate countries and, and, and continents. Is what it's looking like. So just imagine just a hit on the economy that they, we, I mean, we've heard about the stock market, which we got to understand too that the stock market goes up and down. So we only time to tell if this is really going to affect the stock market the way it's looking like right now. Um, if it continues, yeah, of course, it, the way it's looking, you know, in a few months, if it keeps at this pace, it's going to look very bad. Um, but, you know, yeah, this is it's looking like this can decimate whole continents, man, like whole regions and, and cities. And, you know, you know, you get the point. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you were speaking about events, I think another big event that <laughs> is this year that I think will get affected. That is a, 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 a big damn deal is the Olympics in Japan. I was seeing also, this is when I was initially seeing what they were talking about, the idea of playing sports, of playing these sports um, events with no spectators. They were initially talking about, I mean, they, they've been talking about, you know, having the Olympics with no spectators also. And I think the last I heard, they were also talking about the possibility of it having to be pushed back. And, you know, the type the effect that, that 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 we know that this virus current at the, at the current pace that this virus can have on on that on that event, man, I think that is huge. That's huge. I don't even uh, I have I didn't do the research before, but I don't know how many you know Olympic games have been um, affected because of events. I'm sure during the World Wars it was. I mean, they may have still played them. Yeah, I think they still played them because of. I know uh, the one with the the Nazis and Jesse Owens and all that. They still played them there in some of those world wars. Yeah, Beijing. So, Beijing's atmosphere was like their whole shit was like fucked up, and uh, the Olympics still took place there. So yeah, yeah, Japan. If, I mean, this is even if you know this uh, this scare ends towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's definitely going to have repercussions on more events coming up. And, I, yeah, I didn't even think about the Olympics being this year. That, you know, it would definitely play a big factor. Also, you know, because Asia right now is the, the continent that's been hit the hardest by this. So, yeah, the Olympic Summer Games – are scheduled to take place between July 24th and August 9th. I don't see them finding or having like a virus. I mean, not a virus, but having a cure by then. They Maybe they'll have some form of vaccine by then, but it's still going to... I definitely can see it playing a factor in like the audience uh, of people being there because people are going to be quarantined. So... Yeah, it's interesting how this will play out. But yeah, we'll we'll see for sure. We'll see. I haven't done an actual full uh in-depth research on the actual coronavirus, but besides the fact that the coronavirus is a group of uh a specific type of viruses where you know they have SARS and uh MERS. Yeah. And um at this at this point I think they're calling it COVID COVID C O V. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. Go ahead. I just Go ahead and say I was just gonna say COVID nineteen. Yeah, so that's the actual. That is what's actually. That's what the. That's what's infecting people. That's the virus. 
the coronavirus is a class of very, 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 very complex viruses and, um, you know, just nasty just st stuff that through history, through time, has just literally decimated um, more so countries in Asia and in the Middle East. Because Asia, they were, you know, they were affected by SARS in the early 2000s. And I think the Middle East is affected, I think it's called MERS. Um, uh, it's like a boat, um, like respiratory infections. They were affected by that. And I think the mid to late 2000s and, um, the, all of, all of that stuff falls under the umbrella of the coronavirus. Um, so that's why it's not, a, it's, it is a, it is a tenfold hat conspiracy when people talk about how, you know, it's already on a Lysol, um, wipes, like it's already on like certain chlor Lysol, um, ingredients and stuff. Like it says, it kills uh, the corona <coughs> coronavirus and stuff. Like that's that's not a conspiracy because the coronavirus has been around like since. I mean, it's, it's been around since at least when they figured out what SARS was. I think uh, I think it's been around since like the eighties or seventies since they've known what what the uh, what the coronavirus uh, pathogens or whatever you call them. Um, since they since they since they've actually known about that <coughs> that class. So, um, but I, 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 from what I've been hearing about the actual, how this, how, how it works, man, it sounds like it's some wicked shit. It really do. It sounds like there's some shit that ain't going to be like, like you, like you said, overnight. It seems like they might not even be able to find a cure from what I'm here, let alone, you know, a vac, uh, um, immunization, a vaccine. It's like, from what I'm hearing, it's like, it's like, it's one, it's hard for them to probably even find a cure for it. So this is, this is some, some wicked, some wicked shit right here. You know, um, hopefully, you know, we can get it. They can get it in order. Yeah. But it, you know, if not, we gotta, we gotta get our minds right for the next, for the, for the next months, for the times coming up. Yeah, definitely. You should be, uh, saving your money for sure. I wouldn't be saying run. I'm not going to say to run out and get no N95, uh, mask or, survival kits or nothing like that but just make sure that you have you know some money left over after you know getting paid just in case that you know because we never know we could be quarantined over here you know yeah, yeah. it just depends i mean because it's already here we just had our first case in uh our state there's only been a select few states that's had cases yet so yeah yeah and that's in my county you know i have i'm i've been out of work so i know I got an email the other day and I've been getting emails. So I know like, yeah, it's going to get really, really real for me coming up. Um, but I, I still think, I still think even with that, with that being said, I know I made jokes about the mask and stuff before. Um, I still think the most important thing is keeping your damn hands washed. I'm talking about keeping the mugs washed, keeping them washed, you know, and making sure you just be conscious of touching your face. <coughs> Excuse me. And everything. So you know, I think that I think that's the biggest that's that's the biggest thing and hygiene in itself. Yeah. Um, I'm on this website statnews.com and they they uh provided some statistics uh, to give us a, like a a breakdown of what the demographics are looking like of who has been affected by this so far. Um. According to the China Center for Disease Control, they reported last month the vast majority of cases in China 
87% were in people ages 30 to 79. Um, also, only 8.1% of cases were 20-somethings, 1.2% were teens, and 0.9% were nine or younger. The World Health Organization mission to China found that 78% of the cases reported as of February 20th were in people ages 30 to 69. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, uh, from what I can make of that, it's just, it just seems like it's affecting, you know, just the adults more so the older elderly people with, uh, deteriorating health, you know, and that, that already have, um, they already have pre-existing issues more so. Those are the ones that are passing. Uh, by contrast, the fatality rate was 1.3% in 50-somethings, 0.4% in 40-somethings, and 0.2% in people 10 to, uh, to 39. Overall, China uh, CDC found 2.3% of confirmed cases died, but the fatality rate was 14.8% in people 80 or older. So, yeah, it's it's more so the people that's older that are passing away from this. Um, it doesn't seem like the youth is being affected like that. But still, it still is important to be aware of this and, you know, not take it lightly. You know, I, we, I have, you know, my own beliefs and theories behind what this is, but it is a reality and it, it is um, something to... To just, you know, just to look out for, but not panic over. But, um, yeah. So, also, I wanted to talk, I guess the next thing we could talk about is uh, Super Tuesday, which just happened yesterday. Um, the two front runners for the Democratic uh, Party are Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Which is so, which is pretty much what, who I thought it was going to be when it came down to it, you know. Booty Judge, he suspended his his uh, <laughs> campaign. <laughs> he, he suspended his campaign. Uh, uh, Mike Bloomberg just suspended his campaign. Uh, what's her name? Blow, uh Amy. I think it's Amy uh, Klobuchar. She suspended her campaign. But Elizabeth Warren is still in it. Well, she's still fighting, but she doesn't have a chance at this point. Um, it's really just between Bernie and uh, Joe. Jo with Joe having more delegates currently, and uh, Bernie having who got the he got the biggest um, state, which was uh, California yesterday. So, according to USA Today, it says. Biden could be, let me see. Oh, let me see if I can find like an update real quick. Um, but yeah, pretty much between Biden and Sanders. And, you know, Trump was making fun of uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. He was calling her Pocahontas yesterday. <laughs> And saying she was, uh, <laughs> you know, she was doing all that, pretty much all that talking for, for nothing. You know, she went viral 
clapping at uh Bloomberg, but she ain't getting no state. She ain't getting no winning no state. She didn't even win her home state. Wow, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't even, didn't even win her home state. Bloomberg, he won something. He won the American Samoa. I saw that. You know, wow! You know, he dude paid hundreds of millions of dollars just to get into the race and go out like this. It's crazy. He, he really thought. Come on, dog. He, even if it wasn't set up, like, come on, man. Stop and frisk. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, people not letting that go. People not letting that go. So, the pandering. Yeah. The pandering. Come on, dog. Uh, this is uh, NewYorkTimes.com. I'm reading an article from, according to the exit polls, Mr. Sanders won Latinos by a margin of 50% to 24% across the Super Tuesday states, with a margin of 41% to 24% in Texas. In um, North Carolina, you know, our state, which, separate, which separates out early and election day results. Mr. Biden won just 28% among early voters, but 41% of the vote statewide at the winning 52% among election day voters. Um, trying to find something about the, the delegates, the delegates. Um, Cause I know that Biden has the most delegates right now. But it's it's a uh, a close race between him and Sanders. Mr. Sanders now needs around fifty seven percent of the remaining delegates to claim a majority. To pull it off, he would need to post decisive victories in states he would have almost certainly lost if they had voted on Super Tuesday. He would probably need the race to fundamentally change in the coming weeks as it has before. And trying to see, okay. Texas offered a different test. The state's Democratic electorate is a mix of African Americans and more conservative and affluent white voters who tend to back Mr. Biden, and younger urban and Latino voters who tend to back Mr. Sanders. I don't know if you've seen. There's a um a viral video of of a Bernie Sanders lookalike who's supposed to be in East Oakland. He's in the car and the car is like drifting or whatnot. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a crowd around that, you know, they applauding him and stuff. And, you know, I seen somebody was like, he's trying hard to get that black vote. You know, pandering. He's pandering like a motherfucker. And I see a lot of people like, you know, even uh, Sanders, he tweeted was saying, you know, the old way isn't going to get stuff done. Pretty much because, you know, he's supposed to be coming in with this different ideology. He's a um, a socialist. And I look at it from a standpoint of I don't see how I don't see socialism working as a whole. Um, everybody being on an even playing field. I just don't see how that could sustain in a country where. Motherfuckers literally. Gave the blood, sweat, and tears off their backs to, to build this shit only to make the same amount of money the next motherfucker makes. The 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 the, the dude off the streets that ain't got the 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 hustle that don't have it in them to 
to uh, to build something, to to create a business, you know, to be on the same level playing field. I I, I admit being on the same level playing field as some of these like CEOs and stuff, or maybe not CEOs, but uh, business owners and stuff like that. I think that would be cool, but I just don't I don't see how that could work in the long run. You know, I feel like people will get fed up with that. And yeah, that's just my take on it right now. Um, I, I still think I think Biden still is gonna find a way to win the nomination. Uh and I think he'll go up against Trump. You know, I had this thought the other day. I was like, what if Sanders ends up pulling this off? And uh, I think, was it Alexander uh, Cortez? Like, he wins, uh, and he makes her vice president, and he has, like, a heart attack when he's in office or something like that, man. Bruh. And then she becomes president. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, We're going to get national. We're going to get... We're going to get a Puerto Rican Heritage Month. Something wild, man, but I think, uh, you know, I think at this point, you're seeing how, how, you know, the elections don't really matter. You know what I mean? With how, you know, basically Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and Trump ended up being president. Like, I think something weird like that's going to happen again this this time. Um, And the last few elections have been weird, you know, but with that being said, I, I think I don't know. I don't really, really care, honestly. I think Sanders are end up pulling it off though this time. But it's sad to see that both of their candidates are like senile. <laughs> like the both of the choices, like this is really who you want to try to go up against Trump to run our country. Yeah, you know, like I don't think either one of them will be over the last four more years. And with the stress of uh, of being a president, you know, so I find that it's like it's, that's very that's very interesting to me. I think that shows you the quality of like the Democratic candidates, which is I think extremely low. I think it's very this is this is bad quality. That you know they're left with these these two choices. I don't think they would be able to last. Do you really think that they would be able to last that t- that long in in in, in office, as as the str- with the stress of being the president? You know. Yeah, I like to see. I'm glad we see the the pander is not working like that anymore though. It still works, but it doesn't have. It's not as strong as it was. Well, I found some uh, statistics about uh, the results last night, and. Uh, Here's the delegates that each candidate has. Biden has the most with 453. Sanders has 382. Uh, Warren has 50. Bloomberg has 44. And Gabbard has one. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Joe Biden, he won Virginia, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Minnesota, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Texas. Sanders won California, Vermont, Colorado, Utah, and Mike Bloomberg won American Samoa. Um, black voters pushed Biden to victory. Black voters who pushed Biden to victory in South Carolina were also the key voting bloc behind Biden's 
wins in several states like North Carolina, Virginia, and Alabama. According to exit polls, 63% of black voters in Virginia supported Biden compared to 18% who backed Sanders. North Carolina saw similar numbers with 63% of black voters backing Biden and only 16% supporting Sanders. In Alabama, 72% of black voters supported Biden compared to 12% for Sanders. So, you know, it's yeah, the pandering, the pandering is, is, is not, it's, it seems to be working fine for Biden. You know, he's got that, he's got that pass from uh, being in office with Obama for eight years. Man, are people listening to what the fuck he's saying? This man sounds like he's having a stroke every time he's talking, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I look at it from a standpoint of it's like all these motherfuckers is old, white, dusty. Like I'm like, bro, they need some younger people in there that can reflect that reflect more of what uh, the U.S. looks like. Yeah, like I don't get. It. I was saying that the other day. Too. I was like, why are we are we always have these candidates that are like in their seventies. Like these, it's hard. It's hard for the younger generations to relate. I feel like I understand that, and throughout history, but I feel like at this point where we're at, we should have more younger candidates. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, look at look at look at what we're left with. Like, really think about it. I, I don't even. I don't even think that it, I would even be confident just off of the the health issues and the age. You know. Like, and I don't think that's that. That's. <clears throat> that, that's ridiculous. Biden is 77. Sheesh. And once again, where are the tangibles? There's not none for there's none for black people. 78 years old um is the age of uh Bernie. Wow. I don't hear any I don't hear any uh tangible talk and none of their uh speeches that I do hit see clips of and you know People love saying Bernie, you know, Bernie March with MLK and all this other shit. But it's like, bro, it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. At the end of the day, this is yeah. That was that was decades ago. What is he doing now? You know, and they they always they always post a picture of him with the black the blacks and getting arrested. Then they post a picture of him at the the gay rights rally trying to loop it in. It's classic classic move. Um. So yeah, bro, it's like I don't care at the end of the day, man. Yeah, you know, and they continue to pander, and it's like, <clears throat> in my opinion, I'll stand by it. Like I feel like it's it's better just to not vote. Like what the hell? What, what I mean, look at what look at this shit, man. Look at this shit, dude. Like. You know, and I, it's interesting to see how how, how it go from here. It really is. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how this election is going to go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to say that. So I want to speak on the Nashville, uh, the tornado also. I think it was like 22 people that got killed in the tornado that happened um, like early Tuesday morning. Yeah. And, um, man, that's uh, ironic. The storm came through right before Super Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to say, you know, uh, just 
hope those the victims you know rest in peace and everything because that's a uh, that's a lot of people 22 people from a tornado yeah and it, um yeah I'm looking at an article from USA uh, to, uh today and it's saying in the early hours of Tuesday morning dropping tornadoes roared up to 165 miles per hour at least two dozen are confirmed dead, including five children under the age of 13. On Wednesday night, the Tennessee Emergency Man- Management Agency said 24 storm-related deaths were confirmed. Earlier in the day, police in Wilson County confirmed an, ad- an adult male was found dead in an area reeling from storm damage, which would increase the death toll to 25. Um, mm. Among the dead are at least five children in Putnam County, which suffered the greatest human toll. At least 18 people died in the county and 88 were injured, two of whom were flown out in a two mile stretch west of Cookville. Another three are still missing. Yeah, this uh, this just it just, you know, storms saying like it came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, overnight you got to think about it. Like, if it's like an F five, like, I think that sounds one hundred sixty five miles per hour. Sound like that's F five territory, you know? Well, it says o- over. It says uh, the deadly tornado that hit Putnam County on Tuesday was rated as an F four with one hundred and seventy oh, with with one hundred and seventy five miles per hour winds. Even with it being an F four, you gotta imagine how big that shit that that tornado like would look even on a on a clear on a on a day during the day, like that that thing would be huge. And I think that that's that's what they were saying. Like when it coming through, like at the, in the nighttime, which is like around like midnight. <clears throat> like think about that around midnight. Everybody, most people are like sleep even in a big city. Like mo- more people are are in than out. And with it being like an F4, I mean, you're not going to be able to see that. You're not even going to be able to even visually see it. Um, it's going to literally like, it's going to literally come through in the middle of the night. And that's what it sounds like, man. That one, I mean, it, it'd be, yeah. how can you even prepare for that? Yeah. Um, I've seen like videos, like I watched on YouTube, YouTube channel, this guy, you know, he chases tornadoes. And um, this crazy how massive they are, you know, in size and you know proportion. And just imagine them moving that fast. It's like you can't even they wrap, move fast you and see. You can't even wrap your mind around that. Like how? And then you know, for it to happen at nighttime, you're not able to see it. You know, it's that that's just a situation that I wouldn't wish anybody, you know, my worst enemy to be put into and. You know, there's going to have to be a there's going to have to be a lot of repairs done, and you know, wishing the people of uh, Nashville well. And you know, it's it's tough, man. It's a sad situation. Um, also, coming from this this article, they they said that they predicted that this month will be an active month for tornadoes in general. And the and looking at the trajectory of where the tornado hit, it was a straight shot, like through downtown um, Nashville. 
Um, yeah, pretty much a straight shot all down there from Cumberland River all the way across um, through Lachlan Springs. You see the on this map, you can see the Grand Ole Opry, but that's a little north of where the to uh, tornado hit. Yeah, man, it's, just, it's a shame. But, you know, it's, it's nature at the end of the day, and you just never know. Is it really? I ain't, I'm just playing, but, like, really, I was thinking, though, like, the other day, like, yesterday, it was supposed to rain all day. I was checking the radar. It was supposed to rain all day. It was a big old green, like, I mean, it was a green blotch covering the southeast. And, like, out of nowhere, like, around, uh, like, noon, the sun came out. And I was thinking, I was like, man, this weather is crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. The same system that produced those tornadoes was supposed to come through North Carolina. And we were supposed to at least get, like, thunderstorms. And we did, but it wasn't. I mean, this shit just went away. And the sun came out. And it was nice after that. So I was just like, man, I ain't never experienced a weather like this. So something's going on. True indeed. True indeed. I think it's a good time um, on the this episode we can, I guess, lighten the move since we've talked about some more serious uh, topics. I saw this uh, story come across today. I just find it so ironic. Um, it's an entertainment story. It's dealing with um, Miss uh, Miss uh, Nicki Minaj, and you know I seen something recent about her where she was going to Trinidad and Tobago. They had like a their annual, what do you call it, carnival? Yeah, carnival in Trinidad and Tobago, and she was out there. I guess acting like bougie and wasn't interacting with the people out there. Um, and that's where she's from, allegedly. Allegedly, that's for where she's from. And uh, I was watching um, uh, Star's uh, live stream on uh, YouTube at the, the Star Report. And uh, a caller called in, a Trinidadian lady called in, was explaining how when Nikki's career popped off, you know, she was always claiming to be from there, you know, Trinidad and Tobago, but she, she uh, also dissed the people was talking about people from there uh, has a higher rate of having like AIDS and stuff. And was just saying a bunch of nonsense. So now years later, she comes back and doesn't interact with the fans. I mean, yeah, the fans and the people just was on top of a vehicle, I guess just riding through. The, car, the 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 area and you know act like she didn't want to be there with her husband. It's funny his his name is Kenneth Petty, you know. And um, there's news today that broke. It's interesting because her brother was convicted of being a child molester. Um, and her husband is also a sexual a sex offender. And he got arrested for not registering as a sex offender. And I'm just looking at it, man. It's like, bro, it's like the amount of um, dark energy that's that's within this, that that uh, entertainment industry is insane. You know, 
last name Petty, sex offender. Um, and she talks all this shit <clears throat> about wanting, you know, a strong black man and whatnot. And then you you end up with that. That's who you end up with? Oh, yeah. Also, you end up with, you know, you try not to talk about how your brother is a sex offender as well. He's doing time for that. Not just look at it it's like, and people look up to these people. That's crazy to me. You know, I, and I made a joke. Well, I guess a semi-joke online. I was like, you know, nobody would have noticed them if he just wore a mask. And I posted a, <laughs> I, I posted a picture with R. Kelly with his Zorro mask. <laughs> well, R. Kelly wore that. He wore that. Uh, <laughs> he wore that little Zorro, that little black Zorro mask. Bro, I was rolling, bro. <laughs> I the Pied Piper. Yeah, bro, the Piper, bro. And all these years, man, like, say on a serious note, people, we come up listening to this shit, people music, people loving this music, and these motherfuckers are evil. Monsters. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, man, I just I just thought that was worth talk, just bringing in there because I'm just like, she talks all this shit all the time about different people. And look at your background. Look at what you would. You know, and people look up to these people. It's it's a shame. No, it's, I think it's all it's always it's all kinds of rituals and codes behind all these news all all these news stories and all how all this stuff goes down. Um, which is why I think TMZ is uh why they release the information so quick because it's like some type of connection, man. You know, kind of off on a tangent, but I think it, I think uh it's a lot that we don't know. It's a lot of wicked, wicked shit, like wicked codes and shit behind a lot, a lot of this stuff. Um, and it's sick, sick shit that a lot of them promote. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, you know, that dude, me, he's somewhere, he's somewhere, just. <laughs> Way somewhere rolling, man. Yeah, it's probably like some, you know. I told you so. Like you leave me, for, you leave me for that, nigga. Like what? Like damn, it's crazy, man. Uh, on another note, did you see uh, Tim Duncan got his first win as a coach? Yeah, it looked natural, didn't it? Yeah, he got he's got locks now and shit. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> This nigga done, this nigga done he, got, he got the uh, the high fade. He got the, the, the side, the the, uh, the tip fade, or um, the taper yeah. with the uh, with the top, with the top up there. Yeah, mind you, Tim Duncan has always been like this dude. Like you see him, he just looks like so. I don't know, just regular. Like even like when he won titles, this motherfucker would come like take pictures with the 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 um the championship and some fucking. Look like some five dollar Dollar General flip flops on, and some damn cheap ass sunglasses. Uh, now it's like he done stuff. You know, he he's got older. He's kind of stepped up his uh his wardrobe a little bit. You know, he's got it's just a little funny. I'm looking at these pictures with him with hair like it just look weird. Like, but I mean, yeah, he look he look a little bit more more fashionable. Like more more like a coach. He looked like yeah, a coach. But here's the thing though. Yeah, that's the thing. His nickname was the Big Fundamental. So it's like there's no question that he he obviously knows the game of basketball and if there was anybody that could step in and coach a team it would be him. 
But I seen a debate online. People were saying that Becky Hammond deserved to coach that team because she has been with the team for years as an assistant coach, and she knows the game of basketball as well. And to that point, I mean, I can see it either way. You know, uh, Duncan, was been he's been with that team a long time, uh, longer than her, but she's been with the team long, um, a long time, and she had a long uh, WNBA career. So, so yeah, I, I think both of them one day will be head coaches for teams. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I, I don't really want to get into who deserves it or anything like that. Like, I mean, whoever they chose, whoever they choose is who they choose. Um, it's hard for me to believe that somebody that didn't play in the in the NBA or wasn't really around the NBA like that can come in and, and coach, like, 18 or 19, 20-year-olds, especially from another gender. Um, but, hell, I'm not a professional athlete, so that's just not for me to have to experience, have to experience and uh, get a, give an analysis behind it. But, I mean, I know for me, as a young athlete, it was hard for me to relate with white uh, coaches, like white male coaches, especially those who had the complex of used to being around um, you know, athletes that didn't really, that wasn't really on that shit. I could just imagine, you know, the roles being flipped with somebody that I really can't relate to at all, even on a, um, even on a, on a social level outside of, outside of sports, you know, um, it's interesting to see how, the, how, how, the, how discipline would work. Like discipline the team. It's interesting to see how that would work. Um, you know, and I think that would just take a certain personality, regardless of gender. Um, when it comes, you know, when it comes to how, you know how, how how this will work, but right, right, and I, I think that is interesting that you said that, and not just in sports, just like coming up having like white male teachers. I never related to them in any way. You know, um, some of them are cool. You know, for the for the most part, and they kind of understand, like, uh, from a younger, like, I'm thinking about some of my teachers, like, from, like, high school that were, like, in probably, like, their mid-30s and stuff. Like, they kind of get certain things that we talk about. But I feel like now it's, like, even more, you know, these younger uh, teachers now, they can get it more because they are they see, like, social media. You know, I'm seeing them doing all the dances and whatnot and stuff. But, yeah, I think there is... That is something to, to think about, like how we are, we teach our kids are being taught by people they can't relate to, like on any level, and how that plays into their psyche coming up. Well, we already we know it's a good old boy system, you know. It goes back to that. I think I think sports would be a lot better if we had, um, if if it was more proportionate, regardless of ownership. We know ownership, like. That at this point, that's 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 just crazy in their eyes. Um, but I think it's when it comes to just like organizations, I think it'd be a lot better for sports if it was uh if it was proportionate to like the type of athletes that were on the field. You know, I just I just think that makes sense in any sport. Yeah, like in, in any sport, that just makes sense. I think it would. I think it flows seamlessly. I think we're we're reaching that time and and time. Where we gotta we gotta start pushing towards that, man. Like I just think it'd be better for organizations. 
better for teams. Um, even with situations like, you know, shit like, you know, Antonio Brown and stuff, I feel like a lot of times, um, if, if we had, you know, he played for the Steelers or whatever, but still, um, if it was like on a larger scale, I feel like if we had, I feel like a lot of stuff wouldn't get pushed to I push to the level that it, that it doesn't need to be pushed to. Um, just because of the, uh, the, the fact that we could, we could possibly relate with some relate with somebody that's like us. But with that being said, you know, that's not our, that doesn't really mean, I still think that that, I still think it matters, but that's, it's a lot of other stuff that we need to focus on, you know, um, it definitely matters. That is definitely a big issue in all levels of sports, even on a, on a local level. Like even with my local high school and uh, Pop Warner organizations, like that's a that's what we you know discuss. You know how like a lot of the times you know we have a lot of retired athletes that were popular in high school and popular around the community, went off to college, played college athletics, literally been around the game. And like we can't even, some of them are able to coach what coach the Pop Warner teams, but when it comes to like you know higher levels, and at least in my in my community and other in other cities in my county, um, you know, it, some have gotten lucky with becoming well, not not lucky, it's not luck, but some have gotten an opportunity to become head coaches. Um, but you know where I'm from, like I would like to see that. Yeah, it's like we're in the day and age, all these coaches getting paid multi million dollar deals and. Some of them don't even have no experience playing the sport. You know, some of them were video coordinators and shit. And it's like you got all these retired D1 athletes not doing nothing. Some of them probably plumbers and shit. And it's like, it's like give them, I think they deserve, well, not give them. I think they deserve more opportunities. We need to see, like, again, like I said, with these candidates representing the face of what the U.S. looks like, just like in entertainment, we need to see the face of these entertainers being represented more in management. Yeah. But I think it goes back to show that shows that also, once again, shows the times that we're in because uh, a lot of the boomers are going, you know, dying off. And they're trying to, like you said, video coordinators becoming head coaches and, and stuff like that. They're trying to keep the, the generational wealth within the within the system within the network or nepotism so this is why or nepotism but sometimes yeah. it, it pays off with like uh Sean Mc, uh McDay but I still think there's plenty of other candidates that is even better than Sean McBay like I mean I'm gonna be for real like I still think like like I don't know like I think this still this also goes back to you know the the fact of the matter is it's entertainment yeah you don't. You never hear. You never hear any any of these uh, commissioners, <coughs> these league commissioners, come out and say they don't. They never come out and say the best team wins. You know. Yeah. They never come out and say the best team wins based on that championship. No, the best team never. Sometimes the best team wins, but that's not the the fact. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for. Um, you know the the best their definition of the best team in their eyes could be uh financial. Um, you know the the best overall benefit that they're going to get out of that team. Um, and once again, it goes back to the fact that it's entertainment. Yeah, 
it's, it's entertainment. Like, and I think that that, that means a lot because if it's entertainment, then that shows that we don't really know why these certain people get hired. But we know it doesn't. It, we know it's, it's it's beyond the fact that this is a sports competition, you know, which is concerning to me. That's just, that's the analysis I get from it, and because you know, and, I'm glad you said video coordinator because you're not you're not even making you're not even like you're not even lying about that because who was a video coordinator that got hired and became an NBA two time NBA champion? Eric Spoelstra. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's Pat, a good coach. Probably just like decided, like, yo, this dude's gonna be a coach. Like, I'm gonna make you the coach. All right. Like, you know, this dude. I mean, he he, he turned out to be a be a pretty good. Co- I think he. I, I don't I think don't know against- I, I, mean, I, I say assistant coach. We know LeBron was the real coach. I, I think I don't think Spoelstra's is a bad coach. I, I don't. I, I oh, think no. Miami's Miami's doing well, bro. They yeah, they're but- doing well. LeBron got him those rings, but I, I think I, I think out of all those coaches, I think that's the one coach that LeBron is that actually respected. Yeah, I think that's the one coach you can say he because like really, man, you really man, you look back and you think about it, he really made some good. I think he I think he made some good moves um, when he when he had you know LeBron and D Wade and Bosh and that team, um, and I think his uh, he and he's still a coach. Yeah. He's still a coach out of all of them. He's still a coach, a head coach. Yeah. And I think that that, that proves that I, I think that that was a really good hire. And I think he's a damn good coach. I think he's a pretty good coach, actually, you know, but I still, still, when it comes to the criteria of hiring coaches, like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but even with that being said, like, he is still other candidates, you know, there's still other candidates. And one of the candidates I did, I did like that got a chance, I did actually like the Tyron Lou became a, um, a head coach, you know, even though people made the jokes about him, but I think that the way that they hired him, that makes sense. You know what I mean? He he reminds me of an NBA head coach. Yeah. Former player, and he wasn't a bad player. He, You know, we just remember the Iverson thing, but if you do, if you know basketball, Lou was not a bad player. He, he was not a bad player at all. Right. Uh, intelligent player, intelligent coach. You know, I think that he got the opportunity. Now, I think that we need to see more of that. Former players and um, you know stuff like that. Yeah, he re- you know he reflects the league like I'm saying. You know, younger black uh, head coach. You know, he's won a title. He's a look like he's a players coach. Um, and yeah, but like you said, the best team doesn't always win. Like I'm surprised looking back at how many rings the Spurs has because. I think we both can agree the Spurs are, really is not entertaining to watch. Like, if you go back and do research, those I think the uh, the 2007 NBA Finals and the 2000, uh, I think it was the 2007 and not the 11. 12, I think the 12. Think 12. Yeah, the, those two finals. I think I forgot how far the statistic went back. Um, I think it, I got this from Legend of Winning. He had put a YouTube video up a while back about breaking this down. He had put a stat in there was saying that that was the two two lowest um, watched NBA Finals of all time. But since they've been like keeping up with it, they had two of the lowest watched NBA Finals out of the list. 
Wow. And I honestly, I, I'm a Spurs fan, and I didn't watch the 07 finals. I don't like. I didn't watch that. They swept. They swept the Cavs. Yeah. And then I, I don't think that was the one where a lot of people don't really even remember it. Nah, it's LeBron took all his weed carriers to the finals. Took them all to the finals, and we. I think everybody kind of knew that he was going to take that L, and they just got swept. Yeah, but we know, but we know. It's some, impressive. Probably somewhere in his contract, they said, you know, we're, we're going to give you some rings, just not right now. Yeah. It's initiation. They'll probably do the same thing to Zion. Boule. Yeah, they already push it. Look, it looks, it's looking like they're trying to push Zion in, 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 into that uh, that realm. But that boy is playing playing his ass off. I mean, 16, you know? I don't know how people. I don't know how people thought he wasn't going to be this good. Like I remember looking at his highlights when he was a junior in high school. He was dominating just like this, mind you. He was dominating against these little white Fortnite kids, but <laughs> it didn't matter. Like you just look at how physically gifted he is as a player, and there's reports saying that he's like 300 pounds. Look at how explosive he is. That is the one thing that I worry about, you know, is his long-term health. I've seen people in comments talking about some, he about to be the next Greg Oden and shit. I'm like, bro, like, I'm like, why y'all even trying to put that on him like that? You know, he's like 19. He's, we've never seen an athlete quite like him. He's sort of like Charles Barkley meets Larry Johnson. Um, You know, it's, we haven't seen a build like him. Like he's legit dominating paint players, like big uh, players. He's like, if he is 300 pounds, that's insane, bro. But he, I do think he will have to lose weight eventually. I do, too. I think he will. But, you know, hopefully he, he is that anomaly and he can he can keep this up. You know, I I, I really would uh, want to continue to watch it. Um, but, you know, he's playing he's playing pretty good. Yeah. You see that they're setting, they're setting, you know, they're setting them up. I still think LeBron, I still think LeBron got a, got a good, I would say a good three years, three to four years. I'm talking about at a high level. I'm talking about like at a real high level. Yeah, I can see that. A real high level. I'm talking about like, we probably, I said, I was talking to my cousin about this the other day. And I really started to think, Cause it's looking like you know it's setting up, you know if you believe in the rituals and all that shit, it's setting up like you know they're gonna probably get get it done. The Lakers, um, and I said this other day, I was like, you know, what if this dude LeBron is just now really hitting his prom, like he's hitting the you know, he's hitting that 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 tail end of the like he's hitting the best part, the best part of his career. Think about it. If he got four more years at a high high level, even if he got three more years at a high level, say he wins three more rings, two to three more rings, man, we'll look back and we'll look at this time him out of nowhere leading the league in assists. If he leads it this year, who does who's to say he, he he won't continue to lead the league in assists? He's getting better at shooting. Like he's like better at shooting. He's shooting. They call like, him. The- he's shooting like logo range threes now. Yeah, they call them logo LeBron now. Like, I see better free throws. Yeah, they they got the um the meme with him on the Yu Gi Oh card saying the La Fuck You Three. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's pulling up from like forty. Like, it's it's crazy, bro. I'm like, yo, like he's just getting better and better, man. I, I've been following his career since 2007. Like, since NBA Live 2005, I've been following his career, and it's like. 
it's like, bro, I just saw it. Like, then, all the way now, it's just like, bro, I just, I've never seen a player like him before, you know, in modern basketball, his ability. And I'm surprised nobody's – I haven't seen – like, really, I'll be looking at any comments. I'll be thinking somebody's going to say it, and they don't. Nobody has once questioned if he was, like, on PEDs or not. To be able Man. to still play this well at his age and have minimal oh. have minimal injuries. I think the hairline tells it all. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, DNA, I, I think that's a part of professional sports. Like, getting the edge. I think they got all kinds of shit that they do, that they know of, that we don't know of, because I think that that's just a part of the sport. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think the performance enhancement, that, that category in itself is a part of the sport. I think, I, sport. I mean, honestly, dude, I think one day they're going to change regulations on PED to allow it. In some capacity, yeah, I think I think right now that they are they already allow it. They just choose who choose who they want to enforce that shit on. Like we already know, Peyton Manning was on those shits. I think a lot of these older quarterbacks are they they are on something to keep them in the game because like they, they hell even if they don't get hit, but a couple times a year, it, it takes less hits to cause you know that one injury to end their career. And I they, I think there's something going around, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because yeah, Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning had multiple neck sur- surgeries. I remember that's back when I used to watch NFL Network heavy. They were saying, I mean, the nerve, he had nerve damage. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't have like ligament damage. He had like legit nerve damage. And they were saying it was so bad that he couldn't even lift his, lift his arms or lift that, lift that, uh, his throwing arm above his head for at least like eight or nine months. Let alone throw for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns, and go to a Super Bowl. Um, go to two two Super Bowls. Had to be on something. Had to be. Had to be. I mean, look at Alex Smith. Alex Smith almost lost his leg. I just seen a video, uh, an interview he did about it recently. He took that uh, bad hit. Hit. Uh, you know, he's a Redskins quarterback. Uh, he he's been on recovery. He had surgery to uh, fix what was wrong, but he got it. He was infected. He got infected at the hospital, and um, he um, I think they said he went uh, septic. Yeah, yeah, septic, and yeah, he was battling that. He almost had it. They they gave him the decision like to amputate his leg or to like uh, rehab it longer and he you know he decided to rehab and and uh yeah i'm like bro he had to be on something like damn it's crazy yeah i don't envision him coming back you know if he does like jam you know it's something going on yeah and i see it and oh speaking of which we talking about peds did you see where they uh they talked about in the in the league and the NFL, they might they're talking about legalizing it, or was that something else? I seen they 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 were talking about um I've seen them propose that I think I don't know if it was in the in the current CBA um but they were they were talking about proposing uh lighter testing on it or something like that. Yeah, I was saying people were like, "Damn, Ricky Williams pissed off right now." Uh, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. Like, baseball don't really test for it. NBA don't really care. Like, uh, you know, that, that lets you know that 
you know, these leagues, they have big time corporate interests from big sectors of, of the of society. And I feel like with football, it's the farmers, farmers, it's big pharmaceutical companies and gurus that have to have a, have a say so in policies. Yeah, it's the NFL Players Association. According to this Forbes article, uh, the new policy being floated for approval by the NFL Players Association would also reduce the number of players subject to testing for cannabis and narrow the window when tests can be administered from the current four months to just two weeks at the start of training camp. Well, yeah. Yeah, so change is coming for sure. For sure. But um, trying to think, is there anything... The one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick. Did you see uh, it's reported that Brady still wants to play with uh, Antonio Brown? And, you know, he's going, he's going to go to free agency this, uh, this offseason. And according to Dan and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, uh, it's reported Brady has kept in consistent contact with Brown, telling him to stay physically and mentally strong so they can pair it together next season. While those whispers came out of the Brown camp, it would likely indicate Brady is leaning toward leaving New England as true. And, uh, yeah, A.B., you know, is doing all that extra shit online. You know, he's become a part-time rapper, wants to box Logan Paul. The YouTuber, all this other extra shit, and it looks like he still might have a job, and he might have Brady as his quarterback next season. Seems like it was written all along. Wow! And I was seeing somewhere earlier where it was talking about uh, Belichick had talked with the general manager, or the owner, or something like that, and he he was asking the interview how to go, and he said it didn't end well. Wow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy to me, bro. Like it's I, I do feel like Brady is gonna leave. I think he might go to either Los Angeles to the Chargers, he could go to Tennessee, he could go to the Raiders. But I think Los Angeles makes the most sense since I think Rivers is leaving. So Damn, <laughs> that's wrong. Rivers lead there. Tom Brady go there. All right. Fucking uh, <laughs> crazy, bro. Like what? Like, I mean, it's, like you know how that would, you know how that would feel as as for Philip Rivers. You know his career. Philip Rivers' career has just been so. I don't know how they explain it. Uh, you can't necessarily say Dan Marino. Like it's been as kind of his own thing. He's had, you know, he's had high points. He's had low points. I would say in the end, he is a he comes out as a all, above average player. Um, that's really only about it. Yeah, I don't. I can't really say he's had some Hall of Fame talent around him. You know, and Antonio Ladainian. How could he not have won? You know, the, his defenses. I remember back in the days of like Sean Merriman. Um. I don't know, man. Like, you know, he's had the talent, necessary talent around him. Shit, even now with Melvin Gordon. 
you know? Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know what to say about him. How can him and LT not get it done, man? And Gates and, and Merriman and Sean Phillips. Yeah. Quentin Jammer. Like, them teams were dogs, man. They had really good regular seasons, too. Yeah, and there was something. I think there was a um, – people were saying there was an article or, or art, a documentary about their team. They were so good, but they were, like, the best team, but they didn't make the playoffs one year. You probably know what I'm talking about. They didn't make the playoffs a lot of times. And, like, the, no, the it's, one it's time – they... it's, it's, like, one year in particular. Oh, they made a documentary about – the uh, um. That they were really good one season, but they did not make the playoffs. I forgot what year it was. The year, but it was a year where it might have been the year LT when it uh, broke the touchdown record. Um, but it was a, it was a it was a year where they were just flat out just straight dominant, and they just collapsed. Yeah, one of the all time greatest NFL teams didn't even make it. The twenty ten Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, the tw- yep. yeah the twenty ten Chargers. Yeah, so you know he just couldn't get it done, and you know and I don't know. He was uh, at one point he was very consistent even on the on the field. He just didn't he wasn't able to uh, to beat Brady or anybody any of the other elite quarterbacks in AFC. All right. All right, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how this will all unfold, um, especially with Antonio Brown with his antics and stuff. But oh yeah, oh, I wanted man. to ask you about this. I don't know if you've seen it, but apparently Belichick, you know, he's already thinking ahead, like he's going forward. You know, I seen somewhere they were saying could Jameis Winston be a good fit for New England. Um, because Jameis is a talented quarterback. It's just he just I don't know. He just made a lot of errors in his turnovers, but he he can he knows how to be a. I mean, he plays a quarterback, you know, from the pocket. He's a pocket. He's only passer. he's only twenty six, and I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna show something for real. But with Belichick was scouting this uh this defensive player. I want to know if you've ever heard of him because a lot of people, there was nobody really talking about him, I think, during the, the combine. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Tyshawn Render? No, I haven't heard of him. Belichick skipped the NFL combine to scout this dude. He's a, He came from Middle Tennessee State, the defensive end. He worked out privately for Belichick. Mm. Yeah. Six, Belichick always a, uh, a step ahead. 6'4", 256, had 36 solo tackles last season and three and a half sacks. He's projected as a late rounder. I was seeing before, right, I think it was right before we uh, started the podcast, uh, where Deion Sanders was talking about uh, HBCU uh, combine. Uh-huh. And we really need that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be dope. That would be dope for sure. We really need that. Because even with the NFL combine, like, we need more than one combine. Like, yeah. they have, you know, the pro days, the NFL combine, then they have the uh, senior bowl. Um, but I think we need another, like, we need a, we need a, we need a, just a, a, another combine, dude. Like, 
we got the NFL combine. I think that's that's where a lot of the blue chips and you know a lot of the hyped players need to go, and they should have another one for like more more so for like the D one double um, which those players can still go to the NFL combine, but like HBCUs, ju- uh, JUCOs, um, those type of players and stuff. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, I seen Dion recently. He's been he's been going viral for a little several things he's been saying. Like I know there was a comment he made about the combine where the guy was uh his analyst that was on the set with him was like, Yeah, you ever seen a brother, you know, a brother guard another brother on the field? And then Dion was like, You mean black guys? Uh <laughs> and then there was a white dude that was running the the con the forty. He was like, man, Dion was like, man, that that dude can, he can run, you know. I, 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 he's like, I can't say it. They're like, nah, go ahead and say what you want to say, Dion. <laughs> like, he's like, that guy, that guy can, you know, he can fly. I was just like, he's been saying a lot of, you know, viral. He's had a few viral moments recently, and to see him talk about HBCUs, you know. I mean, because, I mean, he knows, just like most of these people know, um, a lot of the hidden talent is at HBCUs. Like a, like a, um, what's his name? That went to a Yeah, who went to A&T. There's a lot of hidden, hidden talent at these HBCUs. I mean, think about it. Think about what the league looks like. I mean, it makes sense to me to have another combine. I mean, because then, then again, it's like we wouldn't be so impressed with some of these gimmicks like John Ross. Yeah. Which I think is a conspiracy. I said it before. I, I'll say it again. I think it's a conspiracy with those 40 times. Yeah. For real. Wow. I How think it's so? something with those 40s. I don't know. I, I, just, I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's either with the technology or something like I, I think it, sometimes it's a big difference with the with the unofficial times. Like I don't know, it may be something behind it, man. I don't know. It's, it, it seems weird to me. I mean, I seen people like Lamar. I think I seen somewhere he said if he would have ran it, he could have ran like a four two, like or or maybe possibly a four one. Or I don't know if a four one, but a four two something like that. But he didn't run it, and. A lot of times you don't see these guys running at their fastest time either. And apparently, when John Ross ran, he wasn't. He was just coming off of an injury or whatever. Yeah, he was limping. He was limping at the end. So for him to run that fast and coming off an injury, just imagine what he would have ran if he was fully healthy. So yeah, I, I can see where they could manipulate the numbers a little bit to make it. Like, you know, to you know, to gain hype and shit. Like, oh look, he, yeah, it could be another talking point or something. Because Chris Johnson, that I don't remember him being injured. That motherfucker just went out there and just he just scorched it. And he really was that fast on the field too. Yeah, like he was not catching him in open field. He was like, Yeah, and he and um, he wasn't no little body like John Ross. No. So I, was th- I think another thing I was seeing, like I think Julio Jones had said something about it, you know, about it, the times being off. And I think um, Henry Ruggs had put something on Twitter to where before he ran, somebody had took a picture on the TV where it had like already had uh, like a, a 0.5. It was a like 0.05 
like a, a, a hundredth of a second was like it was like uh it was like a point zero five or whatever. And it looked like the time like there was already like a t- like a number in the slot. And people just been talking about it, man. Like they were just talking about it, you know, how you know it, it could it could be manipulation with it. And you know, it could be a down year and it could be a good year, you know, uh, to have it as a talking point or something. True. You know, and it's, you know, it's hard to tell. I don't know. I don't trust no, I don't trust none of that. None of these, none of them. None of them. But you know, it's entertainment. I always gotta remember it's entertainment at the end of the day, too, you know. True. And John Ross ain't doing shit. He really ain't though. Like he had that one game he went off. I think he went off against the y'all your team. That one game, yeah, that one game he went crazy, and then after that, nothing. Didn't we look at the stats where he had, he had went off that one game and it was like like it was over half of his productivity of the whole season. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe he was injured or something, but it just didn't, it didn't make any sense. He wasn't a bad receiver at Washington, but you know they play in the uh, Pac-12, so you know, and that was that was top. It was top heavy. Like there was just really a couple really good teams. So it wasn't like he was going against supreme talent every week, but he wasn't going. He was going against top level D one talent. True. So no, he wasn't going against scrubs. I mean, again, man, it's a, it's another thing with this, like you know these all these, um, these combines, these stats. It's like it's just sometimes you just cannot predict how good somebody's gonna play on the next level. And a lot of times, it's these these analysts don't be knowing what the hell they're talking about. Embarrassing themselves. Yeah, now, they don't care. They getting paid to uh, be wrong. Yeah, yeah, true indeed. They getting paid a big bag too. I was seeing somewhere where Tony Romo is what just signed a contract where he's getting paid seventeen mil. I saw that, but then again, I was thinking about um, how people just online and you were praising him. For what he was doing, like his, he, like he actually knows what he's talking about. So I wanted to invest. I, I, I investigated that a little bit more in, during the all season, and you know, I actually want to take a little bit of take a little bit back of what I was saying about Romo, because I figured out this is what people don't realize. I figured out that he actually watches a lot of the practices leading up to those games. Uh huh. So he kind of already like it's not that he's predicting what they're doing. He already knows what they're going to do. But isn't that? I mean, the, don't I mean? Wouldn't that be a good thing for him to actually be pre- preparing like that and not just yes, coming in just bullshit? That's, that's good, but we need to stop labeling him as a guru. We just need to say he's really good at what at his job. He's not necessarily like it's not like he's actually predict like because before I was under the impression that he's like actually analyzing this shit live and this is his first time seeing it like me ah uh, yeah true yeah that's what i'm i mean i'm not saying like still with that being said i still think he's one of the best commentators in the game because like you said even with that even with with him if he is doing that that all of them should be doing that yeah but you know herb street does it a little bit too in college football who i think herb street is the is the top is the best um commentator in the game like, period. And I think he's one of the greatest, Herb Street. Okay. Yeah, I know Kirk Herb Street. Yeah, for sure. He does it, too. Like, if you remember the championship game, he was uh, 
he was talking about Clemson's defense. He was like talking about how they was running a three one seven, which is basically like a quarter, which is basically you know they run that against five wide receiver sets and stuff. And he was talking about how they was running it in practice, and he kept on. So yeah, he does it too. So, but I was under the impression about Tony Romo that he, everybody was thinking that he was actually predicting a lot of that stuff. Like, I'm like he had never seen it before, or something like that. Like he, like this is his first time seeing it live. But yeah. a lot of what he was predicting is him him doing. He was really good at doing his homework. Yeah, it's not like he get up there and just talk just to hear himself talk like Joe Buck, uh, yeah. Troy, <laughs> Troy Aikman. <laughs> uh, then you know you you get the the fucking refs come in. What's his name? Mike Pereira. Niggas hate him. Oh God. Yeah. Like, y'all, man, the funniest thing, Dan used to really hate that dude, man. We would be watching the game, and they would be like, well, let's send it to New York, our NFL referee. Uh, Mike Pereira. It is a pen. Hey, but you notice now, they'll get their opinions with how ambiguous the rules are with all the rule changes and stuff. Now, it's a 50, it's 50-50. Like, they'll be like, let's, you know, they'll try to get their opinion, but now they'll give an opinion, and then, it, like, either it'll be like, against what the referee calls on the field or they just have no clue. Like, they'll be like, uh, you know, this can go either way. Or, you know, they'll be like, it'll go this way, but, you know, it's the referee on the field to call that shit a, a total, a whole, whole other way. And I think that looks bad on the NFL. I think it looks, I think it hurts the NFL, them having that referee thing. Because now we're starting to magnify how bad it really is. I think it helped at first. I think when they first implemented it, it helped. Bro, I remember looking at the the compilation though of those replacement refs, and was oh, I God. was fucking rolling. I was rolling, bro. But then again, it's like okay, they were trash, but compare them to the actual refs, and it's like eh, I mean they were bad, really bad at times. But some of these actual refs are just as bad. Yeah, because also you got to look at it too, like in the NFL or in sports in general, it's a lot of transitioning going on with the referees as well. A lot of them are retiring. Um, you know, you got a lot of first-time referees. So I think that has to, I mean, that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. But on that note, I think we uh I think we covered a good amount of topics this episode. For sure. Um and closing, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I'm uh I'm good, you know. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Divine Council podcast. Um, if you liked what you heard, make sure to spread the news via social media. You can follow us on <clears throat> SoundCloud at Divine Council Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Divine Council Podcast. Um, and if you could leave a review on this episode, if you're listening uh, through the Apple Podcast app, that would be a big help uh, for us gaining traction. If you give us a five-star rating, that helps with uh, visibility. And uh, yeah, just uh, always looking for input, you know, just uh, interaction from people and uh yeah, we're we're active on social media in general, so for sure. And uh, yeah, that's one thing too. I'm trying to be more active, like on the the actual Twitter account. Um, 
moving forward. Yeah. I think that's something. I gotta check and make sure that I'm um that I'm still that I'm still falling. I don't remember ever falling in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can uh I can give you the the login information if if you if you don't have it. So you can tweet. Yeah. you can tweet from that account. We can tweet from that one, and then we got we got the YouTube. I want to try to do something with the YouTube account also. So true. All right, and um. As always, wanted to leave the listeners with a, a quote. And this quote is from, don't know if I'm going to say this right, but Para, Para, Paramahansa Yogananda. And the quote is, Learn to be calm and you will always be happy. Until next time.